0: salami and it's the shagulala salami show a virtual cafe podcast you know talk about books publishing and all the fun and interesting things that go about books inspiring entertaining educative as you would have it um today we're enjoying the lovely weather in london i wonder what part of the world you're in today um i'm just gonna try and relax and probably go and do some barbecuing later on because it's springtime here um and you know we've got sunshine in london for a change which is really really good because every time most times it's usually gloomy so we have some sunshine which is really exciting so once i'm done here it's time to do some barbecue any who's who have i got here with me today
1: you have gary surak from canton ohio uh, about an hour outside of cleveland and uh, i'm in the author of a couple books i'm a financial advisor full-time but a, a closet author, I've written a book called If Your Money Talked, What Secrets Would It Tell? And another one called The American Dream Revisited, which is in its second printing, which is pretty cool. And my Coffee Shops is very interesting because this book really came about because of a visit to a coffee shop that I made uh, probably three years ago. I, I go to coffee shops every morning. And I always order the same thing, a mocha. <clears throat> so one morning I'm in a coffee shop called the Karma Cafe, and I'm drinking my mocha, and four young college students sat down behind me, and that's why this book was written.
0: Wow! Hello, Gary. Nice, nice to have you. It's interesting that you know a cafe inspired your book. Which of the books? Because I think you mentioned two books
1: yeah the book that that generated from that coffee shop was called the american dream revisited
0: fabulous right now so you're going to find something really i don't know what word is i'm looking for weird going to be happening today they're going to be burst of silence because you know how i said that you know with god's you know nice sunshine there well, a big, massive fly is inside my living room, so we're going to try to kill <laughs> it at the same time as talk to you. So pardon me, because now it's my life mission to get rid of this fly. I have, I have to kill it. See, the little human says I okay. have to kill it. So it's literally between the yeah. two of us. We're trying to kill a fly.
1: Okay. As <laughs> long as the fly doesn't kill you, we're good.
0: Exactly. like a mutant fly. (laughs) Sorry. See, someone who's really excited chasing after a fly. I think I'll let her get on with it for the moment. Okay, fine. But I'm quite interested, though. How does a financial advisor get into um, writing books?
1: Well, I went to college uh, in, actually, in Oxford, Ohio, not Oxford, England. There's a place called Miami University and I studied there for four years. I was an English major, so I've always enjoyed writing. It was part of what I grew up uh, at least school-wise doing, and and I was actually fairly decent at it, Uh, but I realized I couldn't make a living doing that, so I sort of by accident ended up as a financial advisor around 40 years ago and have just always been in that position and position led me to owning my own company and having a lot of people as employees and stuff like that, but I also still always liked writing. So probably eight years ago, I started writing books, and I haven't really stopped. My third one is coming in next year, so it's just something I like to do, maybe kind of as a hobby, but I do enjoy it, and I do a lot of interviews and podcasts, and for the last four or five years, I've probably done hundreds of these, which has really been fun all over the world.
0: That's interesting to hear. Um, Well, this is a virtual cafe. So would you like your mocha or would you like something else today? Let's start you off that way.
1: Oh, no, I already have my mocha poured. It's, It's ready to go. That's the first thing I do here. And it's set and ready to happen. By the way, another interesting little fact. I know that American football plays in London every year. And where I grow up and where I live is where the professional football hall of fame is is located in canton ohio so i just think that's kind of interesting we're trying to bring our football to you and i'm where the home of football started so kind of interesting
0: interesting, interesting. I, I think a lot of football fans would find that interesting um i just don't watch football of any type at all <laughs> <laughs> no okay so
1: no, uh,
0: yeah if, I don't know if there are any
1: fans over in London, but I know that we go over there and play football. So for what it's worth.
0: No, that's, that's fine. Um, okay, so out of interest though, um, when you decided you know, that you wanted to start writing, what went through your mind? What was the process? What was the process you talked yourself through?
1: Well, first of all, I had to convince myself that I had something worth writing. So I basically met with some people, told them my ideas, Told them why I was going to write the book, and got feedback from them on, and their opinions, at least. And, and I went to people that I was friendly with because I was looking for—I was looking for real help. I didn't want to. I just went to people I trusted, and they say, they would say, "Yeah, that's a good idea," or they would say, "Well, how are you going to do it?" And I explained, it and I said, "Why don't you try this?" And so I kind of took a lot of um, feedback from people, and then I finally digested and decided how I was going to write the book and in essence what I do is I write books and tell stories and I just used stories of people both times both books and it was very comfortable for me to do that because there are stories of people I knew or people I had interviewed and that's how I started putting it together.
0: Fabulous um okay so that was what your initial uh, plan and then what happened when you finished writing your book?
1: Well that's a different story (laughs) so uh my my wife was my editor, so all along the way, my wife would edit, and she's a professional editor, by the way. She, she did that for a living, so she retired to work on gardens, but now she still has that skill set, so she would edit my books, and we would discuss them, and she would fix them and make them much better than they were when I started, and I handed them out to people to read and said, please read this, critique it, and feedback. If there's a mistake, let me know, whatever, and we did that. And I sent it out to some press for professional people for grammar and spelling and and style and just kept putting things together. It took me really the better part of a year to put it together.
0: Okay. And when you finished that, what was the next thing?
1: Well, I <laughs> I I formed my own publishing company because I decided that Having someone else try and publish my book if no one knew me was not going to be very easy. And it was really, it was a lesson in education and how to do something. So I started from scratch. I started interviewing publishing companies and printers and all these different people and PR agencies. I really just wanted to find out what the book world was all about. And once I determined that, then I took my own course, formed my own publishing company, hired a printer negotiated with them and found out that, you know, what it would cost to print my book and get my cover done. It was a very interesting process. Again, uh, incredibly educational.
0: Oh, cool. Um, right. Okay. So once you formed your own company and then published your own book, what did you do next?
1: Well, the reality of it is it's, there's a whole lot of people who write books that no one will ever read because it's really all about marketing. And and that's what the real, the lesson I learned everywhere I went, I took a couple of courses. <clears throat> and the courses really were not about books. They were about marketing. Because what I found out is that I was my own marketing agent. And if I didn't market, no one would ever read this book. And no one would know it was ever printed. So I formed uh, some alliances with some people. I did some press work. I hired some PR agents to help me. Actually, I went through about three of them, and I hired a PR firm, which I really liked. I, I did a lot of work in getting the book out to the public, and I also started doing podcasts and radio interviews. Newspaper interviews, did a number of those. So that was really how I learned that to really do anything with your book, unless you just want to keep it in your basement, you really have to market it yourself.
0: Fabulous, Fabson. And this was your first book. Remind me, what is it called again?
1: Uh, If your money talked, what secrets would it tell?
0: Right. And what was this book about? Uh, That book was
1: about people and how screwed up they were with money and how they made mistakes and errors and things they could have done that would have been much better. Uh, They're real stories. I changed their names and their sexes and their jobs so they couldn't sue me, but they were literally clients of mine that I had worked with and who had just made terrible decisions, terrible mistakes, and I thought they were worth repeating so other people wouldn't make the same one. So that's really what that book was about. Real stories, real people, all changed to protect the innocent, in this case, me.
0: Fabulous, fabulous. Okay, so after you finished, you know, your first book um, and you've gone through the process, started up, you know, done your marketing, obviously we all look back and wish, oh, had I known this at the beginning, what were the things you learned um, after you finished publishing your first book?
1: That it was 100% on me, that there was no one helping, really, unless I hired them, and actually some of the people I hired were so uh, not dependable, they were expensive and not very good at what they did so that was a very interesting education to me and as that became more and more apparent uh that you got to be careful who you hire and who you associate with because quite frankly i spent a lot of money making mistakes that's what i really got a tremendous amount of education what not to do
0: okay cool so, if you were going to give yourself, um, you know, um, let's say you could go back in time. Let's say you had a TARDIS, right? You know, so if you, if, in case you ever, if you watch Doctor Who, let's say you had a TARDIS and you could yeah. go back in time. Or let me say, if you don't know Doctor Who, what was it? DC's Legends of Tomorrow, something like that. And you could go back in time. What five things would you tell yourself when you started?
1: <laughs> well, first of all, it's a lot harder than it appeared. <laughs> That's number one. Uh, number two, it's um, it's very frustrating and that the frustration uh, resolves itself, but you just have to have patience. And I guess I would tell myself to have more patience. Number three, don't trust what everyone tells you because what they tell you isn't true and they're pretty much just after your money. And I learned that the hard way. <clears throat> uh, number four, the New York Times is a great paper, but not so great for me selling my book. I learned that one. And number five, I would say is that um, it took way more time than I thought it would take for the publicity side, the PR side, all the things I was doing. It really was a commitment and I'm okay with that. I just didn't realize how much time it was going to take.
0: Fabulous, okay. So after you've gone through this learning process and then you decided, you know what, I'm crazy enough to go and write my second book. Um, what did you do differently?
1: Well, I, this time I worked with a publisher, which is its own sort of interesting thing. And that was okay. Uh, Maybe okay. I'm not sure yet. The school is still in on that one. But what I'm thinking in terms of, I realized that I knew how to write a book now and that I understood the process of writing a book and what it took and that I needed to get better organized. I had some organizational problems with the first one. Those didn't go away in the second one, so I had to work through those. And that also, it was gonna take longer than it always thought it would take. So what I realized, again, this book was very different than the second book because the first book, I wrote stories from my head, all stories I knew. The second book, I interviewed people. And I actually interviewed 25 people all across the country. And I used 13 stories, but to get 25 interviews and do it the way I did it was very time-consuming. And then to weed out to get the 13 was very time-consuming. And then to get the 13 stories so someone actually could read them and understand them. So it was it was one hell of a process,
0: actually. Oh, family. So tell me again, um, and just because I have baby brain, and apparently I can claim baby brain till my child is 25, so bear with me, right? What did you say um, sure. your second book was about?
1: It's called The American Dream Revisited. So it's about the American dream and what the American dream really was originally, and, and not the one that everybody talks about today, about you know becoming a billionaire. It was more about people and how they struggled to achieve Basically, food, clothing, and shelter. Those were the three things that everybody that I interviewed was after. It wasn't about hitting the lotto, becoming rich, buying a mansion, owning a jet, none of that stuff. It was just really about making sure they had enough money to provide for their families. They have a dry place to live with heat and air conditioning or whatever they had and, and food. I mean, they just needed this is what it was all about. And all of them had the same desire, need. And how they got to that point and where they got to that point in their life, very different.
0: Fabulous, fabulous. Um, know, I'm just thinking, you know, it sounds, you know, like a really um, good book. Because again, like you said, you know, these days people are all about becoming millionaires and buying designers and whatnot. And it's sort of quite nice to hear you know that actually there are some people who are just interested in having you know the essentials with maybe a little bit extra for a little bit of luxury every now and then. Uh, So when did The American Dream get published?
1: Well the book was published a year ago December and we're in our second printing which is pretty cool and it's really been very interesting. I've been interviewed literally all over the world, people interested in the American dream from Zimbabwe to Australia to, this is my third call from England. I think that's interesting. I've had uh, call Canada, four interviews from Canada, a number of the islands in uh, the States, <clears throat> Puerto Rico and Costa Rica. So we've had some really interesting places we've been interviewed from and uh probably though the most unique was New Zealand so we we've it's been fun the book has kind of traveled the world without me knowing it uh someone told me they read it and they were in Shanghai or something so you know i don't know it's kind of wild how this works actually so that's been a whole lot of fun and it's it's interesting the people I thought, you know, the American dream the American dream, and that's just not the case. It's, it's anybody's dream, and it's all about the same thing, and how do you achieve it, and what can you do, and what were the steps, and that's really what it was all about.
0: Fabulous. And then after you went through the process of publishing, um, you know, your second book, because obviously the first time you self-published using your own publishing house, and then if I remember you correctly, you said you worked with a publisher this time around. Is that correct?
1: Yes, that is correct.
0: So I'm quite curious now, how did you, why did you decide not to publish yourself um, using your publishing house? Why did you decide to go with a different publisher? How did you find you know this new publisher? And what was it like working with a publisher? And what have you learned as a result of publishing this book this time around?
1: Okay. Well, the first thing is, uh, a, f- a person that I, I knew casually had written a book and this publisher had had published his book for him. So we talked about that. And he said, well, I'll recommend that they talk to you. And and they did, and and they signed me. So that was fine. Um, The publisher itself, the experience was not what I'd hoped for. And I really learned a lot about why I published my first book. I, I will definitely, my third book will be published by me. I will not go back to the publisher again. I'll self publish again i'm much easier to deal with than they were so i can make decisions and get them done i'd talk to them and, and it just wasn't quite the same you know i can i can have a one-way conversation with me not so much with them so the experience was good i was just really curious what it would be like <clears throat> to work with a new york publisher and so my curiosity is what really pushed me in that direction It wasn't financial. It wasn't anything other than that. It was just, I wanted to see how it worked from that side of the fence. I didn't know any difference. So I did it my side. Now I did their side. Now I'll go back to my side, which I thought was kind of a whole lot more fun.
0: Oh, fabulous. Fabulous. Um, okay. So learning points.
1: (laughs) Well, the most thing I learned is what I knew from the very beginning that, you know, they're, they talk a good game, but they don't really promote you. They they just don't spend any time on promotion whatsoever. Uh, They talk about guerrilla marketing and all these great things they're going to do. They did none of those, uh, but they talk a good game. So Mm -hmm. it was one of those things where I really was my own marketing department. And I actually ended up hiring an employee for my company who had PR experience and I had her become my public relations person. So she did that and some other things in my company. And she literally promoted my book for the last year. And that's why we're on so many radio stations and podcasts all across the world. So it's kind of fascinating. Uh, They did virtually none of that. They talked about they were going to have book signings and all these different things. And none of that really came to fruition. So I pretty much decided the next book I'll do myself. I know what I like. I know how I like to do it. I have the, the, I have the scheme built. I know how to, to manage it. And that's what we'll do.
0: Fabulous. See, now that's quite interesting, though, because a lot of people tend to think that going with a publisher is the, you know, is the be all. Um, and it's sort of quite interesting to hear your journey, you know, from self-publishing to working with a publisher. And now you're going with self-publishing again.
1: Yeah, it you know, it's certainly not Nirvana being with a publisher at least not for me. Now, if you're a big famous name, maybe they do great things for you. They they did, I'm sure they do. They didn't do any of that for me. What I uh what I learned is what I kind of knew in the beginning, but I had to prove it to myself that I'm my best marketer and if I hire people that market for me, I'm I've gotten better at hiring the right people. The person I hired last time to promote uh, the American Dream Revisited, she just moved on to another company to her dream job. That's great because I'm a year away from having my other book done. So I'm fine with that. And she did a great job. We were on, like I said, probably hundred of these and maybe more over the last year and a half. Uh, All kinds of newspaper stuff she was able to get done. She did a great job of getting me out to the world. I have all her notes and all the contacts she made So next book, we'll just bring somebody in and have them start to contact the people we had contacted in the past that I've built a relationship with. So I have the groundwork laid. And what I think I I like the most about being self-published is that I'm not going to get rich selling books. I never did. In fact, in this book, I built a scholarship in to uh, college students to help pay their College, uh, and what I did is I took 20% of the proceeds of every book sold, and I set up a scholarship fund called the American Dream Scholarship. So we have that, and interestingly, that came through in a really cool way. Um, we gave out our first scholarship this year, um, which was really exciting. I met the lady that got the scholarship even, and that was really cool too. So, yeah, very very nice results. So I. I would tell you that there's no way in the world I'll publish with the publisher again. I'm, pub- I'm positive of that.
0: Fabulous. Um, it's nice to hear about your scholarship. I think it's always good you know, to hear stories of people who want to um, give back. And what was it like meeting the uh, recipient of your scholarship?
1: Uh, she was a lovely, lovely young lady. She is a, a second-year student in college, and she was working two jobs. And because of my scholarship, she was able to dump one of the jobs, which was pretty exciting. And she was telling me she's an entrepreneur because the scholarship is based on people that are entrepreneurial. We have it written that way. And so we pretty much created a scholarship that would tie into the book of trying to achieve your own American dream. And this young lady currently is on that path. So it was really exciting to meet her. She would, she did not know about the book. She just knew about the scholarship. She had applied online through uh, an organization we hired to handle the scholarship and ended up winning it and had no idea that I was even in the, you know. So anyhow, it was pretty exciting. She was excited. I was really nice to meet her. Got some nice photos. It was fun.
0: Oh, fabulous. Okay, so when you go on to publish your next book, which you're going to be self-publishing, what would you do differently from your first two books?
1: Differently. Well, i that's a good question. I There's a person, I will look again to hire a media person and bring them in-house into my company. I will do that again. That worked out really well. There's a, a marketing firm that I really like, who I didn't use the second time, I used them the first time. I will bring them back in to help me with the national marketing. They weren't very expensive for how good they were, and that was good. The other thing is that I have a tremendous list of people that already know who I am because I've done their programs, and we will send out books to them, uh, sample books, so they can see if they're interested in interviewing me. And we'll do a little more PR work up front before the book's published. And I think that's the one thing we didn't do well enough on this book. We probably could have done a better job of promoting this in advance than we did the second one because I thought the publisher was going to do that. And of course they didn't. So we were kind of stuck there. And I think if we would have, it would have gotten off to a little better start. Other than that, not much. Just uh, the good thing is, I probably will continue funding the scholarship because I really like that. And I think I will use this book, the same thing. I will take a percentage of the proceeds of this book and throw them into the scholarship fund so I can perpetuate it.
0: Fabulous, fabulous. Okay, just to put you on the spot, one what one final wisdom? I don't I want to say one word of wisdom, but I think one sentence of wisdom or one snippet of wisdom, can you give to everyone who's listening?
1: yeah don't quit the one thing that came across with all the people I interviewed all 25 of them is they just refused to give up every single one of them was so drawn to, they just wouldn't give in I I mean they'd have every adversity in the world some of them beyond belief and they just refused to quit they said nope there's a way to do this I'm going to hang in there so I think if I had any gem at all it would be those 25 people I interviewed and there were 25 pretty average kind of people who I, you know, it's kind of interesting. They did extraordinary things, but they were pretty average people in the beginning. They just refused to give in. They just decided that this is what they're going to do and they're going to see it to the end, uh, come hell or high water. And they did. so.
0: Fabulous. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show, Gary. Um, are you on Twitter by any chance? hello hello oh probably he's disappeared but anyways everyone it's been um it's been a pleasure having you guys on today's episode of the Shegulala salami show um i hope you've enjoyed having gary um, um on the show today because i've actually enjoyed you know he's gone from you know told us about his journey from self-publishing to working with a publisher and, you know, how he's going to be going back to self-publishing. So there seems to be a lot of, you know, from conversations that I've had with different guests, it seems a lot of people seem to favor um, self-publishing. So, you know, I would love to hear what you guys think. But fly I sign out again, it's me, Shagulala Salami, and it's the Shagulala Salami Show. Now to go and kill us a fly. <laughs> Bye now.